Yes, so tonight we're talking about the the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, I want to start uh, just by uh, reading from John 16, verse 5. Yeah, I know. I told you the first one wasn't. Anyway, uh, Jesus says this, Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask where you're going. Because I've said these things, you are filled with grief, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit there. He's saying, it's good that I go away because when I go, I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit who will counsel, who will guide, who will defend, who will... Uh, other times, he says, the Holy Spirit will bring to you all that's of the Father and all that's of me. In other words, the Holy Spirit teaches us about the Father and about Jesus. And you might say, what's that got to do with, whole, with, with spiritual gifts? Well, actually, a whole heap, because you see, the Holy Spirit shows us the Father, teaches us the things of the Father, teaches us the things of the Son, teaches us Scripture, the Bible, Right? Through spiritual gifts. That means it's not about me. It's about him working through us for the church. It's him serving the church. Does that make sense? Right, that's good. The next point I want to make is a point that I make every time I preach on the Holy Spirit before we go any further. Sometimes when you hear people talk about the Holy Spirit, it sounds like they're talking, often they'll use the word it. Right, that's not what John uses in John's Gospel. He calls the Holy Spirit he because the Holy Spirit is a person. When we talk about the Holy Spirit as it, then we start to think that he is something like, or sorry, it is like a power source. A bit like if you watch Star Wars, when I haven't since about the 1980s, early 80s when they came out, that has the force, this power you can connect to, Yeah? But, and that's an it, but that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person who is God, who is one with the Father and one with the Son, who has the same will as the Father and the will of the Son. So God is one, yeah, and that same God is the Holy Spirit. So we talk about he because he is God's intimate presence with us, right? He's not just a zing. Or something like that. You know what I mean? If you're in a power source that you plug into. It's really important to see that. So when the Holy Spirit brings us gifts of the Spirit, he brings them in accordance with the Father and the Son. And the Holy Spirit gives glory to the Father and the Son by revealing them. I hope that's not talking in circles because it's really important. Now I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, have you got the NIV? Yep, good. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when some of you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 
There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another one, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another one, interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the one and same Spirit. He gives them to each one just as he determines. The body is a unit. It is made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Okay. Now... Paul wrote this, and you find out as he writes to the Corinthians that there was great division in the Corinthian church. There was, there was a lot of spiritual pride because some people said, I've got this gift, which is obviously the best gift. And others said, I've got this gift, which is obviously the best gift. And the one that they had marked out as the highest gift was the gift of tongues, which is why he spends a long time, if you read chapter 14, in, in explaining why that may not be the, the, the highest gift. And he, and he names prophecy, actually, as the highest gift. And we'll talk about that in a while. But the problem with the Corinthian church is that they were having fights over which is the best gift. Because if I've got the gift that's the best gift and you haven't got that gift, then I must be better than you, that sort of thing. The Corinthian church were, were a bit that way inclined. Now... Um, I, I should say that just to be just as a in in our current world, we actually believe that the gifts of the spirit are still present today. Some some people don't, but we we do because we think that this these chapters are, are just as relevant as when Paul wrote them. So, I'll just tell you that as background. Okay, okay. First, we see that a gift is by definition glorifies the giver. If I give one person something and one person something else, that is actually... And they can't say, look how good I am, I deserve this, because the point of a gift is it is of grace. It's of God who gives. Does that make sense? Actually, all gifts glorify the giver because they are not from us. They're from him who gives gifts. So we, we see that to start with. Now he says, uh, I want you to know that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So at foundational, when we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, do you know that the Holy Spirit is not at work like this in people who don't have Jesus as Lord? Okay. And by the way, you might say, well, anybody can say the words Jesus is Lord, can't they? That's pretty easy. Non-Christian can say that and that'd be right. But, uh, you know, in, um, in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord, that's what we just said, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You see, it's more than just words, isn't it? Belief in the heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And so, um, uh, yeah. So actually, and then by saying Jesus is Lord, can you see that having the Holy Spirit actually brings us to humility because there's nothing more humbling than to say Jesus is Lord because what we don't say but what we mean when we say the words Jesus is Lord is Jesus is Lord, 
I'm not Lord. That's not there, but it's true, isn't it? Because you can only have one Lord. Yeah? You've got one ruler in your life. It's either God or it's you. So Jesus is Lord. No one can actually know that or say that or believe that except for by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings us to our needs really with the knowledge of Christ, with the knowledge of his crucifixion, which if he needed to die for sins, that means that our sin is so serious that he had to die. So really the Holy Spirit brings us to a place where we cry, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Saviour, and we are his people. And that's a good place to be. Okay, and the Holy Spirit goes on crying in us and teaching us Jesus is Lord. Now, you see, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. You see, notice straight away he links gifts to service. Gifts are about serving. Yep. We serve others through gifts. I, 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 don't, I, I, I don't want to keep having to say this, but you see, it, it stops saying gifts are all about me and my glory because actually it is God working in us by the Holy Spirit for the service of one another. So it's actually, well, what are we? we? We serve as Jesus was the great servant, wasn't he? He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Okay, so he gives, Holy, he gives gifts, the Holy Spirit gives gifts. There are different kinds of working, but all of them come from the same God at work. These are not of ourselves, and that means that the power of these gifts comes from God himself. Okay, the outworking of them is all by him. It is not by us. Because sometimes we would think... That the Holy Spirit, if you would find somebody who was a very great uh, orator, you know, speaker, they would be best to have the gift of preaching, say. That's not how God does things. Because, you see, then it's all about human humanness, not about the work and the action of God. Can you see that? So God might choose the best singer who sings perfectly in tune. Obviously, he would want the best guitarists up the front and, and, and so on except for spiritual gifts means that God takes that singing which may be in tune or out of tune and uses it for his glory and uses it to bring forth the words we've been singing and penetrate the heart it's not actually about the, the person. Can you see? The gift serves. It goes through us. It's not us. So um, God actually gives sometimes gifts to... Um, I often wonder if Peter or John or Paul were actually... He, Paul talks of himself as not being a gifted preacher, not having eloquent words like compared to those around him. What if they were boring preachers? Well, you know that one night, you know, Paul was preaching into the night and one kid fell asleep and fell out the window and... Uh, yeah, and died, but that's okay. He was, he was raised from the dead. But you see, what um, our, we naturally think in terms of humanness, but what if someone was a boring person and God, the Holy Spirit, took those boring words and penetrated hearts with them? Can you see what I'm saying? That would be gifts of the Spirit, not the gifts of man. Okay. And these gifts... 
are about, again, drawing people towards God. And so he chooses to use weak people, fallen people, broken people. He chooses to use us. Yep. This should give us heaps of confidence because it means that, do you know that when you speak or in whatever way serve another person, God can use you and use whatever you're doing to bring to the heart of the person watching, being served, the truth of God, the truth of Jesus. God can use you. Isn't that good? Yeah. Okay. Don't get too excited, anyone. Okay. Still don't. Okay. Um, Now, to each, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's for the good of the body. Uh, To one, there's given a gift of uh, uh, wisdom. To another, knowledge. Uh, uh, It's not for personal glory. Now, uh, uh, wisdom, um, we assume that that means uh, wisdom that God brings uh, from his scripture. Uh, Just wait, I've I've missed a bit here. Sorry. Are my pages in order? Hmm. It's all for the common good anyway. Okay. All Christians have at least one gift if you're part of a body. Yep. So everybody works together to serve one another. And you don't want to limit gifts to being part of the hour or two hours we spend on Sunday together. Okay? Otherwise, some people never seem to be able to do much in up the front, as if being up the front is where all the gifts happen. Just think about a gift later. We're going to hear about the gift of hospitality. Now, if it's only to be used on Sunday, then your only option is to make cake and serve coffee and tea over there. Okay? But what if hospitality meant inviting someone into your home? What if it meant the whole life through was a life of hospitality and that the Holy Spirit works in you to bring that hospitality to to show people the glories of God? Wouldn't that be good? Can you see what I'm saying? Don't limit things to Sunday morning. Uh, the, the, The church is at work all week long. Okay. There are different kinds of working, but in all, all of this is verse 6. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And then in verse 11, all of these are the work of the one same spirit. and He distributes to each of them just as he determines. Who decides what gifts you get? God does. The Holy Spirit. He determines who's to get them. Uh, he wills. He knows best. And he doesn't care what we think is best. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And okay, so the spirit of the, the, the spirit uh, gives the, the gift of wisdom, and we, we assume that that means bring forth the truth. Of, I, I think that the, the wisdom of God. There's nothing wiser, really, in the Holy Spirit than someone who you've got a problem and you face them, and they bring the word of God to that situation, and it speaks in power. Isn't that awesome? And it's, it's the word of the Spirit as, as he brings it. He brings his, his revelation. Um, what a great gift. Um, words of knowledge. Again, we, we think that's probably, you don't fully know what he's saying, but somehow you bring knowledge into a situation in another person's life, whether it be counsel or whatever, but the Holy Spirit uses you to do that. 
And I think we don't need to think that these gifts are you get one gift and that's what you've got for the rest of your life. God will give you the gifts you need when you need them. And there will be at times in your life when you can offer wise counsel to people and you'll have insight into their lives or words that you can bring in the power of God. And he'll use you. Um, faith. Faith, uh, you know, is, is central to the people of God. Trusting in God. It, what a great gift it is when we see the faith of other people in whatever situations they face. It, it brings us encouragement. But this faith is actually talking about when this person has faith, the Holy Spirit brings to the body an encouragement through that faith, which enlivens them because it's all for the body. You understand? So, so God's using it. Uh, healings. Now, really interesting thing, just out of interest, in that, uh, uh, it says in the Greek, to some are given gifts of healings. Can you see the difference between if I said Christina has the gift of healing, there she goes, she's got it, away you go. But if I say to some, that's all you, are given gifts of healings, that will mean at various times in your life you'll be able to actually pray for somebody and they'll be healed. Isn't that awesome? Not every time. That's not how God works because it's not always his will that people be healed. But one of the reasons that healing in the Western world is lifted up above all other gifts, seemingly, is because the Western world uh, has great idolatry of a long, healthy life. True? That's why we worship the medical field. Sorry, apologies to any doctors who may be here. But we worship the, the long, healthy life and we have an incredible fear of death that other cultures and other nations don't have outside of the Western world. They actually think that death is part of life. <laughs> we think it is to be avoided at all costs. You know what's to be avoided at all costs? The second death. That is for those who die and don't believe in Jesus. Right? Don't, nobody wants that. The first death, if you die as a Christian, is awesome. Falling asleep and going to be with God forever. To some are given miraculous powers, parting the sea, calming the storm. I'm just mentioning some of the things. Parting the sea, calming a storm, feeding 5,000. There's a, looking at a snake in the desert on the staff and being healed. There's, the Bible's full of miraculous things. But you see, the miracle, as we often say, the miracle is called a sign because the miracle is supposed to point you to what's being said by the sign. If Jesus says the Son of Man has authority on heaven to heal people, have an authority on earth to heal people and then he heals somebody you don't want to worship the healing you've got to say that means he must be the son of God the words it said do you understand the, the healing is a sign that points to him but to some are given miraculous powers to some are given prophecy and prophecy becomes in Paul's writings he actually counts it as the greatest Sort of gift. He says, This is the one you all want to desire. If there's a gift, you want to desire it. Now, and often prophecy is mixed with the thought of foretelling the future, which is one aspect of it. And I, I can foretell the future. I can tell you everything that Jesus said about the future. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Um, but prophecy is actually, uh, John tells us in Revelation 19:10, the testimony. Of Jesus, the witness of Jesus, the witness about Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
At the heart of prophecy is the message of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit brings the message of Jesus at the heart of prophecy. Which is obvious if anyone says that Jesus is Lord, that they have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings the message of Jesus. Can you see what I'm saying? If you have someone who's prophecy who's trying... I've had plenty of people come to me with prophecies, inverted commas. And they're just rubbish. Some of them are shown to be rubbish because they don't turn out to be true if they foretell the future. And some of them just aren't, don't fit with scripture or are actually not sound. Okay? Um, but if the gift of prophecy is always based on the word of Jesus Christ, then it is a, it's about him and his gospel applied to a life. The gift of prophecy is great, and Paul says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And if you read in Numbers 11, when uh, everybody, all the elders start prophesying, and there's a couple who are prophesying somewhere else, and, and someone comes and complains to Moses, he says, I wish all of you would, would have the gift of prophecy. I wish all of you would bring the word of God, especially the word of Jesus Christ, in whatever situation. Eagerly desire that. Um, the gift of ta- oh, sorry, discerning of spirits, that is that, uh, seeming that some people can discern uh, the spiritual world of good and evil where, where God or the evil ones at work and, and they have that uh, discernment. Uh, the gift of tongues, speaking uh, some form of language which is not understandable by the person speaking it, but it comes in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then others interpret the meaning of that uh, so that it can be understood. That's the, the gift of interpretation. Now, I said before, in chapter 14, Paul goes into great lengths about the gift of tongues and he, makes it, he actually makes it clear that if no one is there to um, interpret, then don't speak in tongues. And people will say, well, how do you know if there's someone there who can interpret it? Well, you don't always know. But I'd say this. If you speak in tongues and no one's there to interpret, then next time you should question it. Don't just keep doing it every week, every week, every week. Do you understand what I'm saying? And also, one more thing on tongues, just, and we've got to say this, because people say that a sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit is you have the gift of tongues. So everyone who has the Holy Spirit has tongues, so therefore if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. But Paul says in Romans 8 that anybody who is in Christ has the Holy Spirit. So does that mean you get a second dose of the Holy Spirit, like a second vaccination? No. You either have the Holy Spirit through faith in Christ or you don't have the Holy Spirit. But you see, uh, in, in number, do you want 12 verse 30? Is that up there? Uh, oh, there we are. Look at that. Are all apostles? What's the answer to that? No, okay. Are all prophets? No. Okay. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Yes. No. <laughs> Do you understand what he's saying? No, I'm just joking. That was a joke. Sorry. Um, now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And he, he, he talks, uh, speaks of that as prophecy. What he's saying is not everybody will have the same gifts. That's good, isn't it? Because Jesus, uh, sorry, the Holy Spirit gives the gifts as he sees fit for the common good. And so it's good, and it's right. Okay. That's not the only passage in Scripture which talks about spiritual gifts. 
Is that a surprise? Because that's the one at every youth camp that's used, that one I just read about that list of gifts. Did you know there's others listed? Just one quick one, which just gives a bit of understanding, is from Ephesians 4.11. Uh, and this not, is sort of talking about spiritual gifts, and it's sort of not, but I'll read it. He says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, or pastors, that word, and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, uh, this is the ESV, sorry, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you notice there that they're, they're not really spiritual gifts, they're people. Not the gift of apostleship, it's apostles. Not the gift of prophecy, it's prophets. Evangelists, shepherds, teachers. They're people. Because spiritual gifts always come in a person, don't they? They're not sort of floating around. It's not like you can suck in someone else's spiritual gift and get it, right? You either got it or you haven't. And it either comes from God or it has, or you don't have it. Do you understand that? They come in a person. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's simple. Whatever, you, whatever your gifting is, your calling, if you've got a gift of the Spirit, you don't sit around and go, I wonder what my calling is. It's obviously using the gift that God's given you because he's given you that gift he's given to use. That makes sense? Okay, and corporately these make up the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to go to Romans 12. Sometimes people call... Um, 1 Corinthians 12, the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. These are, they're, they're, they're the goodies. Well, that's what the Corinthians thought. And so, therefore, Romans 12, I would call the boring gifts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's for the rest of us, you know. Also, understand my joke. At verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. In other words, you're a servant. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Where does faith come from? God. He gives it to you. So you can't say, I've got so much faith. Have a look at me. Have sober judgment. God's given you it. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Now he's talking about the same body as he talked about before. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in accordance to his faith, which has been given to him, of course. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Okay. Different list, isn't it? Obviously still gifts of the spirit as part of the body, but just not as exciting as the other ones. Teaching. Serving. That's a good gift, actually. Encouraging. Giving. But all of these things, or showing mercy, or leading, all of these things the Holy Spirit uses and glorifies God through the person doing them. And when the person uses whatever those are, he is made known. He is through the person. Do you understand? It's about the glory of God. It's about the glory of Christ. 
Um, so if you, as I've said before, if you've been to a youth night, which always finishes with people asking for the gift of tongues, um, you probably, and they only ever use that 1 Corinthians 12 passage, they have a Corinthian mindset. We want the flashy gifts. Who, who wants to, come on kids down the front, who wants to be a servant? Who wants to give away their money? Come on, come down the front. Be those people. Do you understand? Uh, who wants to be an encourager? Who wants to be showing mercy? Yeah. Actually, we should eagerly desire these gifts too, I think. But still, these gifts are not natural temperaments of a person. These are things that the Holy Spirit gives so that when that person gives generously, God is glorified and God is made known through that giving. See? And it's good. Again, we see that none of us have all the gifts. In fact, I don't think everyone has lots of gifts. Anyone has lots of gifts. I think that we each need each other. And that's a good thing. God's designed the church as his body and we need each other all the time. And Jesus is the head. Mm -hmm. And he binds us all together and he holds us together and the Holy Spirit brings us under Christ and points us to Christ and calls us to say Jesus is Lord under his power. Okay. The work of the Spirit is central and normal to the life of the church through the gifts of the Spirit. This is normal Christianity, is what I'm saying here. Okay, and we should exercise our gifts in accordance with the faith God has given us. Use the mustard seed if that's all you've got, but use it. Did you notice, uh, 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 this might surprise you, but 1 Corinthians 13 comes right in the middle of 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. What a shock. <laughs> really? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 13, you know what that's all about? Love. Love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, not overbearing, doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Right in the middle of a talk about spiritual gifts and spiritual gifts, about spiritual gifts used in pride and spiritual gifts used in pride. Why love? Why did he finish uh, in, in that bit about spiritual gifts in Romans 12 with love must be sincere? Because, you see, spiritual gifts and pride cause people to, to uh, have this thought that we're better than others. So obviously love has got to be central to the operation of the church. We've got to love each other. And love means serve and put others above yourself and therefore gifts are always used for others. Now, if you're still sitting there, as we were, I did this talk about three years ago and uh, one girl was sitting next to me at the end of the night. She said, well, I don't think I've got any of those spiritual gifts, so... Not sure I've got a place in the church. Then I said, I've got a passage for you, which is a beauty. So we're going to go to Exodus chapter 35. Spiritual gifts in the Old Testament. That's what this is called. Verse 30. That's it. Now, just to give you context, they're building... Uh, all of the tabernacle and all the items there and Moses is in the desert, 
okay, and, and all the people, a million people, and they're building a place to worship God, a, a thing that will bear witness to him and bear witness to the sacrifice, the forgiveness of sins that comes through the sacrifice there and the meeting tent where they meet with God. They're building all that stuff. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God with skill and ability and knowledge in all kinds of craft to make artistic designs for working gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to, the, to work in wood and engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship. And he has given both him and Ohiliab, son of Ashamak, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with, with the skill of all kinds of work in craftsmen, as craftsmen, designers, embroiders in blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen and weavers, all of them master craftsmen and designers. Can you see what it says there? The Holy Spirit has given these people gifts. What do they look like? Working in gold, working with wood, working with stone, working with embroidering, uh, working, I guess you'd say, knitting and weaving and you can include a whole lot. These seem like very normal things, don't they? Yeah, this is normal life. That the Holy Spirit gives gifts to people and he works through those people to give glory to him as they do carpentry. How about that? Can you believe that? God uses normal people. Yeah. Work of the Holy Spirit. And if we're uh, desiring the gift of prophecy, as we do that, we're also speaking about Jesus, aren't we? And we're bearing witness to him and we're glorifying him. And the Holy Spirit takes, took that tabernacle and the beauty of what was created to give glory to the, uh, to, to give knowledge of the forgiveness of sins, of the worship and the meeting place with God. So, so the work that we do can give glory to God. Isn't that awesome? Spiritual gifts. So, all of us have spiritual gifts. Isn't that good? Um, All of them are actually about making the Father known, about making Jesus known. I actually want to finish with this. Uh, we, we could have a wider discussion one day about um, people want to spend a lot of time identifying gifts and things like that. And often um, I, it, that happens through the church, I think, and uh, we can uh, uh, see in other people the way God's using them. Um, and... Uh, it's a good thing sometimes when someone brings an encouragement to you and through that encouragement God speaks to say to them, I think God really uses you to bring encouragement because that would be their gift, you know what I mean? And if someone brings wisdom into your life and brings the Bible to life or if someone encourages you through their testimony to say, I think God really uses you in that. You understand? Because he's using us, if you think of it like that, God is using us all the time to encourage one another. And that's the gift of the Spirit at work in the body. That makes, makes sense? But I want to finish with uh, a word about uh, the gospel and the word of prophecy, 
which is the word of Christ, as we said, and, and, and what Paul says in, two, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 and onwards. He says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. I didn't come to you as a, uh, with all big arguments and big words and stuff. I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. All I wanted you to know was about Jesus and the cross because there is the salvation that comes from you, that comes for you. There is nowhere else in the world that you can have, be saved because the cross he's just finished saying is, is the power of God and it's the wisdom of God. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Right. So he didn't, the work of the Spirit didn't come through him as as strong and mighty. In fact, Paul's saying, I was a weak man and I was scared. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith may not rest on man's wisdom but on God's power. There's one thing I want you to know, Paul says, I don't want you to think of me when you think of the message I gave. I want you to hear my message And I want you to think of God. I want you to glorify God. I want you to be pointed towards God. I want you to be all about him because that's what the Holy Spirit's doing and that's a demonstration of his power. One of the demonstrations of the Spirit's power is that people came to faith. They believed in Jesus. Can you believe in any greater miracle than that? When someone is transferred from the dominion or the authority of darkness and the authority of the evil one and transferred into the kingdom of light in the kingdom of his son. Is there a greater miracle than that? What's the answer? God is saving people. And what's that got to do with spiritual gifts? Well, that's it. You see, he uses the Holy Spirit to do this, to bring this demonstration of power. Well, to put it the big story, it's like this. He sends his son to save us. And Jesus has done that. He saved us from all our sins. He has done something which has fully brought salvation to all who will trust in him. And then he calls us to proclaim that to one another and to live that out and to live in the gospel. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit to proclaim that. And then when we do that and use those gifts, he actually makes him known to other people and then they believe and they're saved. Isn't that awesome? God's at work through us in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's all about him. And all glory is his. It's all about Jesus. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for the gifts uh, of the Spirit that you have given us. And uh, we thank you that you actually use us and, and empower us by your Spirit to make you known in this world. And I pray that even not knowing for sure how those gifts are working in us, that you would make us bold to actually use all that you've given us to proclaim your name, to proclaim the work of Jesus. And Father, I pray that there would be a demonstration of your Spirit's power, that people's lives would be changed. We pray that some would believe. We pray that some would just be encouraged by the the words that we speak to them. We pray that you would use us as servants for your great work of the church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.